Hello and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together we share ideas to grow happier, stronger families that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook. And please leave us a like and review on your favorite podcast platform. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Wendy Melrose, who goes by the pen name So Well Love. She is an incredible children and teen book author hailing from St. Louis, Missouri. Her writing journey sparked in her teenage years, but faced a setback when a voice comment led her to discard her poems at SIU Carbondale. However, in January 2023, a magical moment during prayer and worship reignited her passion. Beyond her remarkable writing journey, Soelle Love is a superhero mom to two wonderful kids and has joyfully embraced the role of a wife for five fantastic years. Family time reigns supreme for her, irrespective of life's whirlwinds or calm breezes. Her unwavering commitment to the Lord and her family always takes precedence. Welcome, Wendy. Awesome bio. Thank you for being here, and welcome. We are so glad you're joining our Vibrant Family Education platform. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Excellent. Well, so start out with a little bit more about you. What inspired you to write what you're what you're going to tell us about a little bit later? Sure. So the the whole the whole journey kind of started in the fall of uh, 2022 when I was in prayer time with the Lord and I was doing a devotion and up came Proverbs 16, 3 which is, I commit my works to you, Lord. I trust in you wholly that my thoughts would be agreeable to your will, that these plans would be established and succeed. And I started praying that, meditating on a day and night, and my life started to take like a pivot. So at the time I was an insurance agent with farmers insurance as an owner. And I'm like, I thought I was going to sell the business, but I wasn't selling it at that time. Like the Lord did not sell it yet. He sold it like eight months later. And so, but I had, as you read in the bio, I used to write when I was much younger, but then I had kind of thrown that away. But in January of last year, I went to a prayer and worship service by Jennifer Martin, who kind of travels the country. I don't know if she stays Midwest, whatever, just kind of look her up. She does revival services, spends some time in the feet of the father and just, uh, but I had told them about how I used to write because I saw a poetry book and, and I go, but I threw it away because a boy said a mean thing. And they go, never throw away a gift God gave you. So then here I am with that information seated in my brain. And I spend a couple evenings at the foot of the father to have him restore the gift inside of me. A couple of days later, I'm like writing like poems and these things. Well, then uh, this little Andean bear at the St. Louis Zoo kept escaping his habitat. And so I was so excited about his little mischievous ways. One day he was with the hyenas. The other day he was walking along the paths with the people. And so like, you know, he didn't hurt anybody, but he's still a wild animal doing some things that were probably a little inappropriate. So I decided to write Ben's big move. And then later they moved him to Brownsville, Texas to be in a zoo that had like a moat. So it was harder for him to get out. And so then I wrote Ben's big escape. My big escape, Ben's big escape, and then Ben's big move. My okay. sorry. So yeah. all backwards, but whatever. So I was, I showed the zoo the information, but they said that legal's like, well, we don't want to be reminded that this is happening. So while your books are nice, we're not interested. I'm like, no problem. So I decided to go ahead and learn how to publish them myself. And so all of there in this whole process, the Lord is teaching me the path that we're going to go next. And then last summer, like I'm, I'm realizing, like I was applying for other insurance jobs 
And the Lord kind of whispered to me, he's like, do you want to keep working in an industry you don't like anymore? Or do you want to write full time? And I'm like, I really would love to write full time, Lord, but I don't, I don't, I mean, like, it's got to pay the bills. Like, right. the last I heard, authors don't make a lot of money. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, in this country, it's very cheap right now. So I'm right. like, I'll trust your path, but it, you know, you're going to have to provide like shelter and mana and all the things. So he's, brings a buyer to me. My business wasn't for sale. He brings a buyer to me. Um, the offer was perfect. So I sold the business. August 31st was my last day as an agent. And so from 9-1 to about 10-15, I took those 45 days and really just tried to learn how to relax. I'm not a, I'm a very high driven type A personality that I'm like, let's go, let's go. Like even right now, my husband reminded me last night, he goes, I love what you're doing, but don't overextend yourself. Because I'll find myself in a thousand things thinking I'm setting boundaries when I'm like busy, 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 busy. Because I'm like, I thrive on adrenaline of being busy, <laughs> right? So then I decided to do some research on how to write a book and be successful on Amazon. So I did this program called Royalty Hero and just learned about what are people looking for on Amazon? Because it's one thing to write a book and another thing to write what people are looking for. It doesn't mean you have to write something you don't want to write. It just means you're creating titles and keywords and categories and writing on a subject people want. And one of the things that was really popular, is popular right now, are inspiring and motivating books for girls. And so, and the same thing is for boys, but I'm starting with the girls because it's easier because I am one. And then... <laughs> And then um, I will, as soon as I get done with the first couple of books, I'm going to write for Strong Boy. And I need to do that pretty quickly because I'm going to be uh, donating some of the books for a ministry at my church for foster kids. So it'll be exciting. So this one that I first wrote is called Strong Girl, You Are Loved. And it's going to be a Strong Girl series. And the next one's called Strong Girl, You Are Enough. And that's going to be dealing with self-esteem and bullying and also some like changes that happen to girls as they grow up. And sometimes people don't talk to them about that and they're caught by surprise. <laughs> yes, that does happen as well. <laughs> Luckily anymore, it's a little less common, but it still does happen. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even when you do talk about it and they are prepared, it's still surprise. <laughs> I absolutely love this because I love how you're taking what you have been told through guidance and putting it forward and working forward and learning as you go. And one of the connections I want to make with our family as they're listening to this is do this within your family right mm -hmm. follow the guidance of your spiritual leader of the, of the the god that you are connected with the higher elements and then also make sure that you are do going with your family and helping your kids understand those roles and those times as well yeah exactly yeah i am really impressed with with the way you listen to God, the way you move forward. My my relationship with him isn't quite yours, but I, I am very much a child of God. And our, our business started because one day I was woke up basically standing in my driveway and I'm like, why am I here? And I was shown a vision of the school. Wow. And I basically said I wasn't worthy. And I got this, I got this download. It's like, not yet, but when the time is right, you will be. And then I started hurting myself, um, hurting my head, and, and things kind of fell apart in my life. 
And strangely, I ended up in Montana at a, at a business event after I had lost my business, given everything up. I had hit, I was like, I'm done. I, I've got nothing left. And it's like, why am I here in Montana? And at the end of this event, after, after not participating, because it's like I'd lost everything and I ended up at a business event that I didn't know. He was supporting a friend. I was supporting a friend. I just went there as a plus one yeah. and had no idea what it was about. And so I didn't participate in the in the event for like three days and then the very last thing it was like this get up on stage and do what everybody had been learning for the three days and <laughs> the way it went is the guy running is like hey it's your turn hey it's your turn hey it's your turn hey herb are you gonna do this <laughs> right and i'm like well actually i am and wow. i got on stage and you know i'm i'm that way i i nailed everything that he did i i had the speech because right before all of that um the last thing that went on before that there was this basically a prayer moment and i opened myself up in a way that i hadn't in a while and god came and spoke to me again and is like okay go tell him about your book or no no go tell him about your school your book. The book you have the book the she, he's like he's like do this and tell him about your school and it's like but but you took that school away from me and he's like uh, yes, it's not yours anymore. It's going to belong to the parents now. And so I got up and I did the presentation that, that everybody had been preparing for for three days. And I just kind of got up there and I did it. And I talked about my school. Mm -hmm. And they're all at the end of it, their jaws just like hit the floor and is like, do you really have that? And it's like, well, I do. <laughs> and and I called Christina and talked about it, and we we jumped. Now, it, it's been more of a struggle for us because they're still we're, we're still not fully, I don't know, engaged the way we should be. We're much but more we're also working on God's time, and we're learning as we go. And as things are happening, it's it's on His schedule. Like like you said, right. God sent the buyer when it was time. Yeah. So right. we jumped and things are still working and things are, are growing a little mm -hmm. slower, but it's like we can see God's work in what's yeah. happening. Right. Well, that's funny. Um, not funny. Haha. -ha. I always right. use the word funny in the wrong way, but that's because life is funny in so many ways. It is. But I'm doing I'm following this uh, minister from uh, I think it's Scotland. Um, his name's Craig and it's called Threshold. Mm -hmm. And it's a hundred day journey and it's talking about when, when we're up on the threshold before the threshold, when we cross the threshold and like today was when like you cross it, but like, it's not what you expected. Right. And so it doesn't mean you were on the wrong path. <laughs> a lot of times God wants you to keep pressing in. He wants to make sure you're still listening. You know, yeah. sometimes when he's silent, like you just keep walking in the same direction in faith, knowing you're on the right path as he told you to go this way. And until he tells you otherwise, you're going to stay on this path. Right. Yeah. And so, the, and, and that's what I'm doing with this whole book journey. And then I'm also teaching people how to write the story God's writing in their heart uh, with another, another business of mine. And I'm trusting in, in his, in his, providence in his anointing in in his words like he he says that when we align with his will the path will be successful mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean millions of dollars mm -hmm. all the time right it just means that he will establish his steps to succeed yeah. so but it it takes so 
much faith that sometimes I'm like, Lord, like even he even taught me a couple of things last summer, like where we bought and sold a house. And on the day of closing, we still didn't have clear to close. And I'm like, Lord, like we, we have to have clear to close. Like we, I have to move the last of the things of the house out because the people, like, I, I don't understand. And he's just like, put everything in the pod, in the cars and lock the doors. And as soon as we did, and I shut the door to my cars and we're ready to go to my mom's because we had to wait time. Cause we, we like, I got a text clear to close. And I'm like, Lord, why do you require that much faith? I mean, I know it was only 12 hours of faith and, and no one needed 75 years. Don't make me wait 75 years for anything, okay? Because I barely right. lasted that 12 hours. <laughs> right. Oh my God. <laughs> but it's like the level, like it was all, the, the whole summer last year was, it was kind of reminding me of the Indiana Jones where he's in that temple and he has to walk on the blank with the nothing, yeah. like the bottom. He had yeah. to step out on the nothingness before God showed him the path. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like that is what faith really is. Is you trust him to establish the steps. You step forward. Then he shows you. And you're like, like the reason why people don't do entrepreneurship. And like people are like, you know, if you really want to know what it's like to have faith in the Lord, be an entrepreneur. Because <laughs> entrepreneur. It, takes, it takes so much trust. And the thing is, is that, I don't know about you guys, but I have trust issues. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, trusting in God is a whole lot easier than trusting in entrepreneurship. Period. <laughs> okay. And the last couple of years, there have been some really tense times. There's been, we've had some tough discussions, but through the whole thing, it's like, we're on the right path and this is better than what we were doing. And so yeah. the, the quote, quote, success might not necessarily be there yet. But it's in our hearts already. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's coming, you know, you know, whatever it is that you need. So that's the thing, too, is constantly inviting him into our days, asking him to to be a part, declaring scripture, declaring God's truth of our life, combating, combating and rebuking and, and renouncing the lies of the enemy because he wants to steal, kill and destroy the promise God gave you. Right. He doesn't want you guys to be successful in your schools because that means you're taking more out of the school system that he's got where he can manipulate and and, yeah. and try to indoctrinate these kids. Yeah. And, and instead, you know, where you're going to be speaking God's truth. And he right. doesn't want that because what happens? It's like because he wants to kill, steal, kill, and destroy the promise in those kids. Yep, yes. Exactly. And that because is happening tremendously. Right. Like he took out my gift of writing. Mm -hmm. He stole that from me because I allowed a lie yeah. to pierce me to such that I threw it away. Yeah. And I take oh, people, people will say all the time, you know, oh, what, what are your feelings towards that guy? That's not his fault. He probably didn't even know I threw it away. Mm -hmm. Right. I yeah. am the one that allowed that lie yeah. to throw that gift away. But God restores. Exactly. Right. It doesn't mean it's gone forever. He can restore. And one of the things you were saying just a minute ago, I love that. And you were talking about, you know, the success might look a little bit different. And it popped into my brain that we are having success in kind of a different way. One of the reasons we started the school, one of the reasons we started our entrepreneurship was to be available for family. And as we were talking before we hit the show, 
were available for family in a special way this weekend that we wouldn't have been able to have been if, yes. if we would have been someplace else at this point. So yes, yeah. the success, the faith, the moving forward, and don't let those lies, those mistruths really change your direction. Love that message. Love what we're talking about. This is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and it couldn't be more true. Like the reason why, like I, I take, I, like I do send my kids to public school because my situation is a little more complicated because I've got a, a father that yeah. wants them to go to public school system. But what's beautiful about it is I'm very involved. I make sure they get on the bus or I take them to school. I make sure I'm home to get them off the bus. I help them with the homework. I read all the newsletters that come in. Every from the single I'm newsletter. Very engaged. Like, yep. you, yeah, know, you, need to, I, you need to have your husband start listening to our podcast. <laughs> ex-husband, I think. Ex-husband. Next. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it. It would it would take an, an act of God to get him to change his mind. But what's nice is that the the kid like the I'm very much attuned to what's going on with the schools. There's I'll I'll pay attention to the curriculum. I watch what's going on. I help my daughter with her sixth grade homework because the the the, the little grades I'm not worried so much. You do have to watch the counselor sessions because uh -huh. you know with the social emotional learning and all the you gotta. I tell yeah. the principals, like, I trust you, but I'm going to verify all the things. I'm going to ask questions because here's my thing. Like, I have my my responsibility is to protect my child. Everybody else's responsibility is to do the same. So what is right for one parent is not right for another parent. Yes. Right. I love that. And that was one of the things that we had kind of talked about before when we did our pre-chat was having you talk about that a little bit more because we have families who are kind of in the same situation that we work with is like they really need the kids to be in school because maybe financially they can't take them out right now and they have mm -hmm. to work or maybe, you know, they have an ex spouse who's like no they have to be in school but mm -hmm. i love what you were just saying is that they can still be super involved and super prepared and take charge of their child's education right exactly what you said read all the newsletters attend every meeting get in there and listen and know what the counselors are saying and the different classes are saying and verify everything what's mm -hmm. coming up when is this program being taught how right. is it being taught and knowing when you can opt out or opt in or oh gosh you know what you won't let me opt out well then my kid was sick and didn't go to school that day sorry that is true yeah, yeah, I mean, so that, that's, yeah, that's the in the box aspect of our in the yeah. box, out the box at, at intro part. I'm, I'm the out of the box person because it's like the, the, the diet that they give your children at school is reprehensible. It's horrible. The, the trauma that happens between classes. So not even necessarily what the teachers are doing. It's like, it's the only time in your life that hundreds of untrained, un communicative children with their <laughs> own traumas are put together and allowed to roam wild and terrorize each other. And for an introverted child who is a quiet and alone, the school system is just a nasty place because yeah. they see these popular kids and these outgoing kids, probably like you were, who who just have <laughs> have groups of people and they're alone and that makes them feel bad and traumatized in their own way, even if they're not necessarily getting picked on. Whereas yeah. once you get out of that situation and you start taking your kids to the music lessons, to the sports lessons, to whatever whatever extracurricular activities you have, 
instead of these trauma-inducing groups of people who don't who are doing what they don't want to be doing, you're working with people who are cooperating and who are enjoying themselves in an activity that they want to do. And right. that is how people as adults go through life. So this this first 18 years, you put them in this horrible bucket and and then and then <laughs> deal with the consequences with the with the therapy and the trauma and the trying to work out the garbage that happened in school for the rest of their lives. Whereas <laughs> if you can get them out of that situation and treat them as human beings from the start, get them through this period of awkwardness without all the trauma and the bad diet and forcing boys to sit at tables when that is not how they learn yeah, best. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, so my shtick is get your kids out of school. You yeah. know, she, she's all like, let's make it work. I'm like, do that, but get your kids out of school. So that's, that's me out of the box. That, that's so, awesome. That's awesome. And it's funny that you said all of the trauma things, because the second book, You Are Enough, deals with bullying. And one of the first stories, because everything is from my life or something my kids experienced, mostly from my perspective, from what I lived through. And the first story that I wrote for You Are Enough is called Song in the Pants because it was a story of when kids made a song about me and they would sing it, sing it to me. And I hated it so much. And then like, there was this the same girl that made that song one day was running down the hallway, pulling people's pants down. And it was just like, you know, I don't think anybody saw it, but like, it was a terrible, I mean, I'm 40, almost 46 guys. Yeah. That probably happened when I was 12. Yeah. I mean, I've forgiven her and she and I are really good friends now. So it's like, but it was still like the whole point of these books are to help undo the knots of trauma. One, it'd be really great to not have the trauma at all, right? Her, but even with the public, even with with kids everywhere, they hurt because they're hurting, right? Mm -hmm. And so That's while we want to create a perfect environment, still what's low T and big T for people is different depending upon their life circumstances right. and so you know helping them know they can undo the knots as they go so when they do wake up at 22 uh -huh. or 18 they're not all shattered and then spend their whole 20 decade screwing everything up more to then ask the lord at the age 30 lord please don't wake let me wake up feeling this way at 40 so then he, right. he dealt with me for a decade in my 30s fixing it, re-knitting it. I had two kids. I still had a divorce, but yep. I woke up at 40 and I'm like, wow. Because when we ask the Lord to heal us, you have to go through the pain. Yep. You can't avoid the pain. Yeah, Whether yeah, it's low yeah. T or big T, you have to go through it. You can't numb it. You can't, you know, do, you numb it with all the things we're not supposed to do, Right. You know, but why do we do that? And, and in my 30s, I realized why we choose, you know, alcohol, drugs and intimacy with things we shouldn't be doing that with, yeah. you know, so it's because we're hurting. Yeah. And, and when I realized that and I'm like, well, God sees my pain. If he can see my pain, he can help me through the pain so I can make better choices that yeah. don't continue to wreck me down the road. You know, so. Yeah, that's kind of like. You know, and these books will be equipped with uh, the next book will be equipped with like a prayer hotline, a, a suicide hotline, a bullying hotline, because even though we know people are just like, like my daughter, she's like, 
that's, you know, song in the pants happened to you? And I'm like, yeah, she goes, I'm so glad my school has an anti-bullying program. And I'm like, girl, every school has an anti-bullying program, but it doesn't mean they implement it. Still happen. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I called my friend. We've been friends for like 42 years. And I'm like, hey, I go, I don't think I shared with you what went on with uh, with us in grade school. She goes, I didn't talk to you about it. She goes, now that you say that out loud, why didn't we tell each other? Because we suffer in silence. Uh-huh. Exactly. And, it, and it doesn't, and we suffer in silence as adults too. Like I've got a really good friend of mine that's needs some serious help. And I keep asking the Lord to send the help without her having to ask for physical help because yeah. he will do that. But he may require she asks as well because we need to humble ourselves. And we need so, to own it. Yes, because, you know, even when we're on the path of success, sometimes we still need help along the way. Just because we ask ourselves doesn't mean we're less than. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's you know, right yeah, it's like yeah, you're so not less I than also, just because you need help. Yeah, I also do coaching. And oh, nice. there's a lot of people who, yeah. who aren't religious who still need that help and still need to go through the pain. So, and, you know, the, the group that I'm with is like, you, you can't really change people's faith. So you give them the tools to help and deal with it. And all of what you're saying is, is true. Yep. Um, you, you have to face the pain. You have to do the work. Yeah. And there are ways to make the, the work easier. And if you have a passion, if you have a faith, if you have a direction you're going, all of that helps. And so as a coach, you know, we, we don't, we don't push. It's like, well, what is your, what is, what, what is your guiding principles? And we help people get in touch with that and, and move forward with that. Mm -hmm. So it it can't always, you know, be, it it should, but it can't always be, but people still need help. Yeah. And so. Well, it's just like each one of the books, I tell people, I go, I do have scripture in them. Here's, here's like, is it going to show up? Is it going to work? Oh, this video. There we go. So there it is. It's like this whole background thing is making it all weird. But so there is scripture. There is stories sharing how prayer got them through. I tell people there isn't an altar call because my whole point is that I am here to plant the seeds. Yeah. If the girls want to learn more, they can go. I put the I put where it is in the Bible. If I mention a verse, they can pull up their phones and Google Psalm thirty-seven four, whatever I put in there, right? Mm-hmm. And then the same as the next book. You know, the whole point is that will will God ever say I want you to put an altar call in there? But we all know the altar call isn't isn't the same that the the whatever they call it. I'm not Baptist. Whatever the Baptists call it, the um. That the prayer that they, you know, that you, if you say this prayer, you're saved. Yeah. We, we all know that that A plus B doesn't equal C, right? And so that just because I said a prayer and I said, I accept Jesus in my heart. But if you go back and living a lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, the real thing is the repentance, the seeking the Lord, the asking for his help, him building a relationship with you. Like it's just, you know, the, it's the Holy Spirit's job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like we need to stop trying to be the saviors yeah. and start just being the messengers. Yeah. So uh, this is such awesome timing as well, because right now in our society, there is there is a spiritual war going on and the pendulum has peaked and it's coming back. So yeah. 
there's so much more out there now. The younger generation is reaching for God so much more because they see that what's happening right now isn't working. Right. And so, so your book is so needed right now. It's such it's such a good time for it. So, so I mean, perfect timing. And <laughs> that's what I said. We're, we're on we're on God's timing. So what's yeah. happening right now globally is is oh. biblical. It's the yeah, whole world really is in a biblical situation where it used to just be so small. So yeah. I think I think that people are going to be seeing and resonating with this so much more. So so thank you. You're welcome. I'm not sure I had a question in there, but I just really felt like I needed to say that. Say that, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I did have a question or a request um, when we were talking a little bit. And I love everything you said about the book and the book is really so, so helpful. But part of the reason for the book is the way you're raising your kids right now and the way mm -hmm. you're doing things. And so if we jump back to the school just for a little bit, how do you contact and work with the principal and things about these things? How do you find out about your opt-in, opt-in, opt-out options, things like that, just in case some of the other parents are like, well, you know, that's probably not available in my school or my school district, but it probably yeah. is. And if you give them a clue, maybe they can find it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to briefly see if I can find, I have, a, a, uh, I think it's, I, I, there, I think there's a, um, there is a program in Missouri okay. where, uh, so I know every state is different. Every law is different in every state, right? Yeah. But you could Google, uh, there are organizations out there. I think it's like ICHM or something in Missouri yeah. where you're learning about your, your opt-outs. Okay. And so they give you opt-out forms. They give you everything. So just Google from your state, uh -huh. um, public school opt-out forms or public school or, or like, you know what I mean? Or just kind of Google yeah. like, my rights as a parent public schools or you know okay. but you have to realize just like you said it's a new age the algorithm of google sometimes because they don't they hide i it. don't know how black and white i can be on here but oh, right. controlling the content we can see right yes, so if you're not seeing it it still doesn't mean it doesn't exist right so then maybe go to facebook and see if there's still a group out there that hasn't been shut down yes. Or talk to, put in your little homeschool group. Hey, you know, I know I might not be homeschooling, but like, what are my rights as a public school mom? Like just yeah. people are out there to help you, yes. right? So like, for example, like my thing is, is like, we do a lot of holistic care too. So like the moment my daughter like will get injured, like she's injured her ankle. I don't know how many times at school. And one of them was on the second day of school. And you're supposed to get a phone call from the nurse, no matter what. If your kid is in the nurse's office, they're supposed to. You're supposed to get a call. Right. Well, I one, I didn't get a call, and two, the gym teacher like ignored. The, she's just like, "You're fine." Like, I guess she did like a, a like it did like those stupid pull up stuff, you know, that the state requires you do, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so, like, she hurt. She fell down in such a way she like hurt her shoulder. Why? Because I didn't get a chance to take her to the chiropractor that evening because I didn't know about it until she got off the bus. Right. And I'm like, well, that would have been nice to know. And mm -hmm. then so I, I texted the chiropractor. He got me in the next morning. I had to take her to school late, but I made sure I had a conversation when I went in there because what she did is she kind of injured like attendant. Yeah. And so it was fine. Like, 
you know, I always go to the chiropractor first. Luckily, if I've never had to go to an MD and I've never had to go to the ER when they hurt their tissues, but if it's because of how proactive you are, you don't want anything to wait. Exactly. And it's the same way when you're dealing with school admin. Don't let something wait so that you need to address it immediately. And that doesn't mean you're going to get responses always. But this particular school, this particular middle school principal, he's new and he's so engaging. And I'm like, one, I didn't do this. And two, I didn't get that. And he goes, I will take care of it right away. The nurses will make sure that you call. I told the PE teachers that, you know, these are sixth graders. They're new. You don't know their habits. You don't know if they're making it up. You always need to treat it like it's serious unless you see a pattern with a same student, right? Because, you know, my daughter did want to just not have to go to school at all. And I'm like, you can just not do gym. The rest of your body can still walk you to your other classes. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Don't let them kick me out, but be proactive for them. Exactly. Right. So a lot of it is, and then there's, it is interesting. So COVID really brought to light other parents who think like me. And so it united us. Now, we also have to put in perspective, parents are not perfect, even if you align politically and spiritually or just politically or only spiritually. The point is, is that, you know, you have to give each other grace and love and all the things. So, um, but like, just kind of put it out there like, hey, who in Missouri uh, knows about public school rights? And so it is amazing to me that even when because public schools will make you think you don't have rights no matter what. Correct. Yeah. Because they so are run by a state. Teacher here. Yeah, 27-year yeah. teacher. Yeah. One of the reasons she got out is because the administration was telling her, you don't get to talk to the parents anymore. You don't get to tell them what their rights were. Because she would be telling them stuff, yeah. and they would be moving on that, and then she would get in trouble because it's like, hey, you're not supposed to be telling the parents what they can do and can't do. It's like, it's like when I was doing my special program that I had to do that I you know, that was another thing, reason why I left. I absolutely gave a letter to every single parent. It's like, this is how you opt out. And the principal's like, well, we were going to do that from the office. He's like, oh, you when when were you going to do that from the office? Oh, well, you know, pretty soon. It's like, oh, but I'm starting my program next week. That's too late. So, yeah, it's those things that, you know, there are great teachers who really want to, but the policies mm-hmm. and things. So a parent, like what you're saying, doing, following up, opting in, talking with the teachers and knowing what's going on. Right. So important. Well, and go to the school board meetings. I yes. mean, at one point during COVID, I was going several of them and at one point like I got really nasty in one of my emails and so one of the school board members goes we were paying attention to you until you like went off but I'm like because you're all ignoring me uh-huh I need you to at least acknowledge my existence yes and so and then there was a point where um one of the school's counselors was going to overstep bounds and she had it masked a particular topic masked uh-huh. In a way that one mom asked more questions and their their the opt out wasn't clear. And uh-huh. so then we all went to the school board and we're like, this is ridiculous. Opt outs need to be visible because yes. we shouldn't have to investigate opt outs. You should tell us to opt out, click here. To yeah. me, it should be an automatic opt out for everybody and then you opt in. But since you're choosing not to do that, make it easy for the parents who are paying attention. Yep to opt out and you know my kids will sometimes ask me like why are you opting me out of that and one of them had to do with bullying but I told her I go because of the topic of the bullying it wasn't bullying like bullying 
Yeah. It was kind of racial bullying, which yeah. I don't agree with. But my point was, is that I go, I can't trust where they're going with this. Correct. Yeah. We don't treat anyone of different color or different way, regardless. Yes. What I never want them to do is to start making us feel bad for who we are. Yes. This is how God made us. So I'm like, like anti-racism is possible. Yeah, so like anti-racism is racist. A lot of the anti-bullying is bullying. It's bullying conservatives into it's bullying conservatives into trying to believe this other garbage that they're trying to push that has not that shouldn't be in school in the first place. Ding ding ding! Yeah. Some are aligned because yeah, again, like, the out of the the out of the box. It's like I will go there all day long. And yeah. I will, well, I will it's not my audience, so they're about. used to you, and I'm trying not to get doxxed. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Okay, so one last uh, one last question along these lines is: so when your kids do come to you, like you said about, well, why did you opt me out of this, or you know, what kind of conversations? How how often do you have these conversations? Because one of our big things with Vibrant Family is that families should be having constant communication, maybe even weekly or monthly family meetings and talking about what's happening. Talk to a little bit about your communication with your kids around these things. Um, it's it's pretty often. So um, my younger man, like my little, my third grader, so it it, it, it isn't as much because <laughs> um, his, his teacher's Christian too. <laughs> So like, I know I can trust what she's doing and I do pay attention, but their lessons just haven't been that crazy. But we do talk about bullying a lot. Like, it's like, he's been more emotional this year. So I'm trying to dig, I talk to him, like try to dig into what it is. I'm not doing a very good job because parenting's hard. So (laughs) give yourself some grace and keep at it. Like today was just not a good day. Like he literally went to school in tears. And then like, how do you be a parent and not like crush your kid's spirit at the same time? (laughs) But Take him out of school. (laughs) (laughs) She's kind of stuck at the moment. She told you that. (laughs) I know. But my my daughter, though, like, I'll pay attention to the lessons. And, like, she had, like, this recently, like, last last semester, she had a poetry class. And she's like, Mom, you have to listen to this poem. And it's an audio poem. And it's called I'm Sorry for the Future or whatever it's written. And I'm like, I'm listening to it. It's all propaganda. And I'm like, I told her, I go, I go, they're taking pieces of information and then making it seem like it's existent now. And I get that they're trying to say I'm sorry for the future. But I even grew up thinking that the Amazon wasn't going to be the Amazon ever. And that there was going to be, it was going to be a million degrees outside. Uh, you know, I, if taking care of the planet is super important. We are God's steward of what he created. Yes. And yes, this is true. I go, but let's look at true pictures of the Amazon. And I'm showing her pictures of it flourishing. It's not all desolate and all tore down and nothing yeah. left there. And she's just, I'm, I'm like, I go, so this is the truth. Like you cannot keep, and I messaged the teacher. I'm like, what was the point of that poem? And she's like, well, I, I want to meet. It gets really annoying. And I have to like hold myself back a little bit. Uh-huh. Because I want to blast them and be like, why aren't you showing two sides? Right. Yeah. You're only to. showing one side. Right. And so I'm like, she's like, I'm like, okay. I have to figure out how I can get my kids through. I know I need to listen to Herb and get them out, but it's not an option right now. <laughs> but it's just like, <laughs> so I talk to them. So that's how I have to do it is I have to replace the half truths. Right. With full truth. Uh-huh. And so, or like we're, or like, for example, we're like, they were learning about the different pharaohs from 
uh, Mesopotamia and all like your Egypt and all these things. And all of a sudden, like they're going to build a pharaoh. And I'm like, I told my daughter, I'm like, why are you doing that? I go, you're creating an idol. She goes, well, yeah. what do you mean we're creating an idol? She's so innocent. Like she didn't think of it. And they right. weren't going to worship this pharaoh. But my point was, I'm like, we we just, we have to pay attention to what was, so that, I mean, it's, it's actually probably more often than I think, you know, because yeah. sometimes, because we, when you do talk to your kids all the time, it doesn't feel like you're talking to them extra. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. But sometimes I have to like hammer in more than other times. <laughs> and that brings us to the next point. Vibram Family Education is exactly all about that. How do you talk with your kids? How do you replace or re-educate or work with them? And better than that, how do you extend their education to the life skills and the life lessons that they truly need to know to be humans, to be happy, to be helpful and successful. Yeah. This has been such an awesome, awesome conversation. I am so glad you joined us. I am so glad that your book, Strong Girl, You Are Loved, launches today or tomorrow. Yeah, today. That, that, yeah. Was, that was an old little banner and I haven't had time to fix it. So, but yeah, yeah. it's live on Amazon today. You can go to, if you see on the upper left or your right, whichever way this yeah. is looking. It's so well, if you go to my website, <laughs> sowelllovebooks.com, I do have a banner and you can click on it and it'll take you to the Amazon link or you can go to Amazon and put Stronger You Are Loved, comma, buy Sowell, S-O-E-L, and it'll pop up. Perfect. So, awesome. yeah. And all that information, all the links and stuff you gave me are going to be in the show notes at the bottom of the show as well. Um, of course, this show will be um, produced and put out in a couple of weeks but it'll still be within the launch month of the book so don't yeah. worry about that make sure you go get her book give it a re good read give it a wonderful review and let's make sure that we're giving our children what they need the books yeah. they need to help them learn and grow and i'm excited that you also have the boys book coming out as well thank you yeah. so so much You're is welcome. there anything that we didn't quite get to that you wanted to get to or are we are we pretty complete today we're complete. Just remember, God made you for a purpose. You are deeply loved, and we're all his perfect. He's We're his perfect kids. Like, he's his favorite. Like, one of the things I learned recently is that, Herb, you are the Lord's favorite. Christina, you are the Lord's favorite. Listener, you are the Lord's favorite. Like, he doesn't have... We're all his favorite. And because we're so deeply loved by him, all you have to do is say, I'm ready. Right? Awesome. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much for being here. Wonderful message. Wonderful interview. Just, it was just a pleasure. So we, we'd love to have you back sometime. Yeah, let's do it. Like when I get the next one done. Perfect. <laughs> like the plan. Awesome. That. Whatever. I'm always here. Beautiful. All right, listeners, thank you for joining us today. Take these nuggets that you've heard throughout the day, implement them in your life for your family, and let's create happy, healthy, and successful kids. Bye for now, everybody.